our honored guest, Drew Dinkmeyer, was trying to do small talk backstage before the show, and I said, no, we do it all live. <laughs> we go live. We've got the crew here tonight. We're running it back from last year. It's the final night of Ship Chasing's wall-to-wall FFPC Playoff Challenge coverage. We got Ben Gretsch. We got Michael Leone, Drew Dinkmeyer joining us, Pat Corain. How are we doing tonight, guys? Drew, doing good. Do, you, do you remember last year? You nope. perfectly, reasonably <laughs> suggested Rob Gronkowski, and we were all so biased that we like ridiculed you. We just all laughed you off the screen, and you were like, "What the fuck is going on?" Like, that's the whole that reason really I'm that bad, right? It's just, just, just for that one recommendation that you guys can laugh me off the screen that we can have again. I'm, that's I'm kind of we are hoping to run that back. That was yeah. the irony. It was a good recommendation. It was good. Yeah, we should have listened to you. And I <laughs> also like. <laughs> All of us, like, I, I put out, you know, the promo tweet for our programming. You know, we're all building up to this. And then, like, four hours ago, we realized no one actually formally asked you to come on. <laughs> did, did I had you no know? idea. <laughs> no, no idea. You We've been promoting it all time. week. You We've DM'd been promoting it since Monday. Monday. I was just like, I was like, what is going on? How did I'm just you not come like, across any promo materials with your yeah. name on it? It's yeah. all week it's been pushed. Like this is like been the culmin. <laughs> not just have you been in the programming. This is like the culmination of the week. This is, this is, <laughs> I mean, Dick was I had no idea. <laughs> Been every show, I'm, I'm a little disappointed. You haven't been watching the other shows this week because this has been on every show. <laughs> <laughs> We've been building you guys, towards your you appearance. If you guys think I'm consuming football content this time of the year, right. I have the chance to do it right now. You are out of your minds. I I just assumed that you were banned from all sports books because of your Draymond Green props, and now you had to crawl over to the FFPC playoff challenge. No, no, uh, I'm 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 simply in the NBA and prop streets trying to find the next Draymond Green opportunity to bankrupt DraftKings. The other thing I remember about your appearance last year was. You were sweating your NBA team this whole time. <laughs> yeah, no, same, same situation tonight. I, I thank God MB just finally stopped trying to break uh break this 30-point barrier. Got another prop victory. So feeling so, good. Dink, if we were to if you were to assign a percentage to what level of focus we have from you on these FFPC playoff challenge rosters relative to kind of your NBA responsibilities, what percentage threshold? Yeah, do you get I would say it's roughly the same level of percentage of focus that Mike Leone gets from me, you know, 30 minutes before establish the million on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> so what is that number, Leone? No, I feel like that's about enough information that I Yeah, that that's I all you we were toying uh, this week with having a bit where like we go live and pretend we don't realize we're live. And I'm like, Drew, Ben Roethlisberger is in the playoffs. I'm dead serious. You need to fucking do your research before these shows. <laughs> but, but we didn't. We were, we My were, favorite we were... moment, I think, of any podcast this whole year was was when Dig wasn't sure if you were messing with him when you were telling Brock <laughs> White. Right. That was so good because you you played it perfectly leona you just sort of touted him you were like i know it's gross <laughs> i i was not i was not sure until i saw a stat pop up across the screen the next day for him and then week, week 18 i i told mike i was like you could have slid someone in and i would have fallen for it like i, like, I would have fallen for it the and best then, part about brock right was there was like this article about him living on an exotic ranch so then, then like then dink was like really really <laughs> yeah. skeptical 
The other best part about Brock Wright so is then Dapper Labs started minting NFTs <laughs> of his catches. So, I mean, <laughs> he's a full-on legend. So, yeah, Dig, um, you know, everyone has heard a bunch from us this week. Let's get some fresh takes here. Yeah, where, where are you at on all these Yeah, guys? where are you at? Dig, speak on that. What? Where am I at on what? <laughs> just your overall athletes. Just football in general. Yeah, football. Yeah, football in general. <laughs> I think it's an okay sport. Um, I was excited to find out there are three games on Sunday. Like a three-game yeah. slate's fun. Um, yeah. No, the the things that I've like, the thing that seems apparent to me is if you can get the NFC right and it not be Green Bay, you have a huge edge on the field. Like that that seems to be the thing to me uh, because it's so congested there. And Howdy, Aaron Jones. No, I'm well. I think I think the best case scenario would be getting away just like green bay losing early so if it's aaron jones that's fine or a kicker or whatever like but that's the best case scenario to get a lot of leverage and i think if you can get you know like if arizona could make a run or something like that Man, like i think you <laughs> you, just, you just come on the show and you're like yeah i don't know anything and then you're like eh, actually i got this really great take like that was awesome that was fantastic no like that that's the thing like basically everybody's gonna avoid the close games where they like both teams like from from you know loading up key players on and i think that's that's the run Devontae so Arizona would be the team that i'd be taking a shot at the Devontae what about so the coming from a bears fan it sounds like you're also suggesting a Cooper Cup fade if you're doing a, a yeah, Murray yeah. run let's, or something. Let's get nutty. Let's get nutty. Oh, yeah. wow. How so many teams is... out there of the 7,500 teams out there, how many do you think fade both Adams and Cup? Like less than 100? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and Drew Dinkmeyer is just coming in here, guns ablaze. Fade them I mean, both, motherfuckers. <laughs> For anyone who's only doing a few lineups, I think he's absolutely right. Pick one of those NFC teams, play their quarterback. You're basically playing them to the Super uh, Bowl. I mean, I think it's a great take. Mr. Mister Ben here, earlier in the week, you were trying to convince us to do 100% Devontae Adams. In every one of our lineups. Oh, no, every- that part of it, I still want to, I still want to lock button those guys. <laughs> Well, that's what he's that's who he's talking about fading. What do you think you fading on, Green Baby? Are you on Team <laughs> Dink Galaxy Braid or are you on no, Team? You guys ben talked lock me button. back on that. And I even said during that discussion, <laughs> I didn't mean literal lock button. I meant like 90% instead of 80%. I thought you meant a literal lock, lock button. Yeah, yeah a yeah. soft lock. So instead of having, you know, soft lock. What is a soft lock? I am gonna start saying soft lock. That's in your next video, dude. You gotta have it. I wouldn't do a hard lock here, more of a soft lock. <laughs> so my point I'm... on that was we have a lot of teams, and we we're, we're we're talking about like maybe seven, like the fields that probably gonna be at eighty percent of those guys. And if you match the field there, or if you're even like let's say below the field a little bit, say you're seventy five percent both. Suddenly, you know, you're going to have some teams that are that neither of them are in, but suddenly about half your teams don't have one of them. And it's like, ah, they they do look like really, really good plays, even in short and, you know, short or long runs, kind of regardless. And so it's like, do we really want to sacrifice, you know, half our build? I think it's sort of a – it's a 12-team roster, right? And you have to parlay this. You can't correlate. You have to make bets on every game. There's a lot of other ways to get different. I do think there's some some – reasonable justification especially if you're doing like 10 lineups to just lock those guys in 
get different in your other 10 spots. I do think that's viable. And I think we should also acknowledge most people, I'm just guessing, I could be wrong. Most people watching this will probably be building five lineups or less. So we should, um, we should cater to that, to that audience, the hand builders, the true men and women of the people. Would a soft lock be four out of five? <laughs> <laughs> That's literally the definition of a soft lock is 80%. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. What, well, where I, do we- wait, I, I do want to follow up on, on Dink's scenario here where you like, let's say you're going the extreme scenario where you go Kyler, you fade cup, you set up the bracket. So, you know, they're fading, they're putting green Bay in the next round, which would mean Tampa Bay wins, I guess. Uh, Tampa and Dallas win. So then the Cardinals go to Green Bay. They beat them. You got them. At that point, Kyler might already be in the optimal. But the thing that could ruin it is Josh Allen to the Super Bowl. Uh, maybe maybe Chiefs to the Super Bowl. Like, how are you playing the AFC side? Are you doing like a New England upset with that? Or are you, or you just feel like now you're getting a little too nutty with the bracket? Yeah, I mean. Let's I, all I, caveat. This is the first time. Drew has considered this scenario. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think I think that's where you get into the wide receivers from those teams, and you hope that one of the wide receivers is just the one that you know soaks up the bulk yeah. of the work. And I mean, in that in that scenario, you know, that's probably you know Diggs or Tyreek, right? So, like, I, th- I think I th- you could play with a New England upset, um, still have Tyreek on the other side, but I think. I think that's the way to do it. You get away from if you get away from Devontae and Cup, you need wide receivers. Mm-hmm. You you want the wide receivers from some other, you know, star team that could make the big run and kind of replace those and you get leverage on everything. Um yep. Pat, maybe another good place for us to start tonight. What have been the biggest movements in your ownership projections from when you initially launched them on Tuesday? While you look that up, I've got a question for you, Dink. How much leverage is too much leverage? Is there is there such a thing? Well, I mean, these contests these contests are all like super top heavy, right? So, and there's and there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of duplicates with the way that this type of contest is played. So, I really, I think if you're picking like you know Pittsburgh to the Super Bowl, that's probably too much. Like if you're playing that type of strategy, Um, but I think really in the in the NFC specifically, I think there's less of a gap between the quality of teams than there is in the AFC. And so in the AFC, I think, you know, you can play it on on a little bit of the chalkier side, get weird on the NFC side. And I think you're naturally kind of creating the leverage there for you. Cause I I really do think like any of these NFC teams could make, could make a run with the exception of like Philly. I don't think Philly can really make a a deep run. Um, But any, any one of the other teams, like I could see a scenario where they make a deep run. And everybody's going to want to play Tampa Bay, the Rams, um, and Green Bay to be the teams that are successful. And I don't think those teams are meaningfully better than the other teams. Whereas in the AFC, the teams that people are going to want to play, I do think they're meaningfully better than their opponents, especially when you consider from like a fantasy perspective. Like if New England plays really well, it's probably going to be, you know, a, a lower scoring type environment that they're producing all the way through. Um, so I, I think that's kind of the approach that I'd take. What do you guys think about lineups where New England beats Buffalo, but New England still doesn't get a skill player in? Like, what are the odds of that happening? 
probably small, but it's it seems impossible, <laughs> but it's probably more likely than it should be for any other team, right? Like, I think it's decently possible because I was looking at Damian Harris's snap rates uh, earlier today, and I forget what the stat was. Uh, I think it was like since week eight, he hasn't had fifty percent plus snaps. Some of that's because they've been in blowouts and they pulled him and stuff. But it's like he's not he's not gotten a ton of work in most games, and he's he's run really hot on touchdown. I think he has eight touchdowns over his last five games. So, you know, he would get in if he gets in the end zone. But it's just, like, pretty easy to see him having, like, even in a win, you know, maybe Brandon Bolden scores a touchdown, maybe Ramondi gets a short touchdown, and, and Harris has, like, Or maybe they kick yards. a bunch of field goals. Yeah, maybe I they mean, kick a bunch yeah. of field goals. We saw, yeah. we and, saw, like, if, if yeah. they – I mean, if they play two games, like, this is, like, a – obvious point but like the defense and kicker are playing two games they too. get two like, games worth of points i was thinking the same thing yeah yeah so i do think that's a, a construction that i'm probably overly like being like rigid with okay this team's gonna win so i have to have a skilled player because i mean we saw you know that ftn article like i think the average kicker defense games from like top teams was like 1.3 or 1.4 so it actually happens like what 30 to 40 percent of the time then um Leody, how how tilted are you going to be if you go to another frigid Bills home game versus the Patriots, I mean, where they lose like fourteen to ten? Like it's fun to talk about this in theory, but the Bills aren't <laughs> going to lose, so it's fine. So would you say we are doing a soft lock on the Bills? <laughs> I, I, that's that makes sense to me, right? Like. <laughs> You know, let's respect the market a little bit, but at the same time, we do know better. So we'll soft lock it. Yeah. Show, show a little bit of humility. Okay. Yeah. Early can you, in the uh, week. Can you bring a sign to the Bills game that says soft lock, please? <laughs> Leone, does that make you want to play more? I know it's kind of chalky, but more New England D and kicker because you can play like the Bills to win with digs and like the New England D and kicker. And then, I mean, let's say. The Bills do lose, but Diggs ends up catching enough passes. Uh, you might actually still be able to back your way into something that works with the yeah. two games of the kicker uh, for New England or whatever. And I, there are some lineups that I've seen that have you kind of honestly like the Bills fade with New England soft fade, which seems like ridiculous, but that's that would be kind of like the full galaxy brain on it. That's just like what the bad builders do though <laughs> that's your right and that's why i don't want to do it but if you if you think through like like let's say it's just a super gross game that new england wins and then they're getting two games either kicker and d and there's a lot of projected high scoring games this weekend i mean I'm I mean, not saying necessarily it's a good idea. I'm just if we're galaxy braining from what Dink's saying like and I've seen it in some of the you know stuff that's been spit out so well the other thing that kind of lends itself to that is even in a pats victory they still are going on the road to tennessee where they could play another 14 to 10 game you know with the titans like their path isn't set up for points like if what if like none of, there could be a chance that none of their skill players get past 20 ffpc points in two weeks yeah. and then you're and then if you've got two weeks of kicker and defense scoring those defensive kickers are really popping yeah right yeah because you don't actually need to have the kicker or the defense be the highest scoring new england player you just need to go find someone who covers the difference for you 
Yeah. Yeah. It's just like the, so if Damian Harris is the leading score at 18 and the new England D gets 11 because they played two games, that's nine points. Like you could easily have Darren Waller score 23 and the Raiders D score four. And that's not, that's a 19 point exactly. gap. You know, that's, yeah. that's 10 points. You How up. far can we push this? Could new England playing three games be <laughs> the optimal kicker? Oh. <laughs> New England I think the Super Bowl. be optimal with 25 kicker points in three games. <laughs> New England double defense in the Super Bowl. Let's go. Let's timestamp this. So when it happens. Um, all right. So we know where Bill's uh or Leone's Bill's allegiances lie. Um, Pat, how about back to that uh ownership steam conversation? What what's moved the most since you first set those? Um, well, one thing that moved like the the first run I did was like very high in tight end uh, percentage, like higher than I thought it would come in. And I bumped it down. And then I've since raised it above where I had it initially. And my running back percentage is way below where like I would have told you was appropriate on Monday. But it just seems like maybe it's because we, we talked to Sean Siegel last night, but it does seem like, you know, there's, there's more interest in playing like, two just two running backs but i think a lot of people will play just three and i don't think people will jam running back because you are there is opportunity cost at the tight end position i think people will play almost three running backs and almost two tight ends on average and play wide receiver actually pretty similar to the uh percentages you think maybe maybe the ffpc handle tweeting out that they're thinking about getting rid of running backs altogether might influence how people are thinking about the running back position (laughs) I mean, yeah, all the boomers nice. are going to get tilted and jam running backs now. <laughs> yeah, that actually might be the reaction. <laughs> yes, that's fantastic. That's you like can't take away him. my running backs without a fight. I'm loading six of them into my lineups. <laughs> uh, what, a, but, what about Henry and Fournette specifically? Like, those guys trip me up because you could see instances where they should be like 70% played or they should be 30, like just based on their workloads. I don't know. Those guys could be jams or you could be. I brought Fournette down just like a hair, but I also brought Brady down because I think people are worried about this weather stuff. I, I don't think he'll be that popular. He was already way under, he was a much better play last year and he was way below where I projected. So I'm being a little conservative on Brady, but I brought Fournette down. I have him at 43% still, still the chalk on Tampa Bay of Gronk at 30%. I just think Gronk's like a pretty fun play. Evans down at 17%. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, this game time decision stuff, maybe I'm too high on Fournette. But on the other hand, I know the projections love him. And I don't think the projections are scared off him. So when people are looking at that, setting their lineups, he's going to make a ton of sense. Um, Mixon has sort of steadily climbed because if people are getting scared off of Fournette or Henry, they're they're going to go to Mix. He's kind of the obvious guy. I mean, Sean was talking about playing Mixon, so you know that anyone can get on the mix and play. Uh, Derrick Henry, I have at 50%. I've actually brought him up, uh, which could be wrong, but I just haven't heard like a lot of, you can't play Derrick Henry, you know, type type of takes. I think some people are sort of yeah. nervous about it, but probably still playing a decent amount. Um, I know AJ Brown is going to be popular, but I have him at 37%. But I, I still feel like Derrick Henry will still get a lot of love. Yeah, I mean, just with all of the uncertainty, you know, with running back, once you had that Leonard Fournette stuff in the mix, I mean, Henry and Mixon, those are the two safest clicks, right? 
at running back, the warm fuzzies Mixon's the closest the most, you're going to get to that. He's the safest, yeah. I think. Mixon. Oh, I was just telling you like a half hour before the show, Pete, that every lineup I've been building has been <laughs> putting Henry and Mixon in, and I don't even like either of those players, but they're the warm fuzzies, yes. They're yeah. the only ones. I, Mixon doesn't give me the warm fuzzies at all because I keep thinking about who I'm not playing, but I think if just from a pure you got to pick a running back, which one's the safest perspective, it is Mixon. Yeah. And I think a lot of this, if we do have true game time decisions on Connor, on Fournette, like it's going to be the people who are willing to clackety clack, roll the dice and potentially take a zero at running back in a Tampa Bay loss or a zero at running back in an Arizona loss. You know, I I guess it's a little different with Fournette (laughs) because if you're playing Fournette, you're locking him. At least with the Connor situation, you could just play Edmonds as your as your choice. And then even if Connor plays, you're still going to get some points. Yeah, I brought Connor really? down to zero percent. I don't think anyone's yeah. clacking and clacking on that in the two hundred. And I think Edmonds will get some. I think I have him at seven, but that's below like the combined ownership. When I was didn't have any idea how this was going to play out, I just kind of had like a like a I think it was like fifteen percent sort of starter range for both running backs combined. And so that's that's cut in half now. Leonie, how bad do you want to bring up Zeke right now? Bring him up. I wanted us to play 10% Zeke, and Ben's giving me a hard time. (laughs) I did. I I was working on the walkthrough, which I will have up uh, later tonight. I still got to edit it. Yeah. uh, There are games tomorrow. Friday afternoon? (laughs) Yeah, it normally does, but it didn't today. Uh, (laughs) So I'm going to have it out, and you will be able to read it. Um, but I was looking up since the buy, Zeke's workload. He's running back seventeen uh, in expected workload, expected points per game uh, since the buy. Don't don't love it. I think I'm I think I'm on the Gretsch side of this argument now. You were the one pushing for more. I was pushing. I was pushing for. I was trying to flush you out and get you to tell us what you actually wanted because I thought it might be. Great. I didn't. I came in with an honest. No, no. Number. I, I like this I didn't, question. I, I, I didn't want to set for... our percentages a bit. I wanted to like actually. Can I can I ask our question. esteemed guest a quick question? There's a yeah. great question here from Jarrett um, in the chat. Is Tony Pollard over Zeke to Galbraith? What what type of leverage would that provide yeah. us over I, the Leone lineups? I think that's I think that's too far. Uh, <laughs> and I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm a Tony Pollard guy, an apologist, but I think that's too far. I mean, you're you're basically hoping that Zeke pullout gets hurt. Um, because Tony Pollard in any other scenario is going to have a real hard time competing with the wide receivers or like, or, or you're hoping that Dallas like loses first round and, and Pollard just like has a, has a random great game, which we haven't even seen that type of ceiling from him during, during the year. So I think barring injury Pollard, like can't, there's no way that Pollard can be optimal. I think Pollard has outscored Zeke like, Twice this year. Yeah. But when he did, Mike, oh, <laughs> it looks so good, just, dude. It's just amazing that, like, no matter what happens, it's like, well, you know, I could see Pollard cutting into Zeke's workload. He's the better player. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, like, come on. There is an argument for his explosiveness. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, we did our, our target exposures, Leone, that started some of our Zeke discussions. And I had Pollard at literally. Well, I, I'm not pro Zeke. It's just with the, the, Workload he's getting, I think it's silly to full fade him if you're playing like a lot of teams. So In the context team, of this group, Zeke. you're the world's biggest Zeke fan. No, I, I agree. It, <laughs> I like, know it's insane. It's, it would be 
it would be kind of silly and like close minded just to full fade someone who has a good workload. Uh, Leonie, what are your thoughts on Devin Singletary? Let's go. <laughs> so I think this situation is a little bit different. Um, I, and I built this a Singletary lineup. I want that on the record. And be, be you read it out, Pat. You scoundrel. Pat, Pat put you in a box okay, here's there. my Singletary take. It's probably a little too hand in the dirt. Well, one, like just pure projections wise, I have Singletary as like way worse of a play of Zeke, like relative to his teammates. Bias. Um, <laughs> and it's just, it's if the Bills lose this game, it's hard for me to see Singletary being the optimal piece. And if they're playing multiple games, I, like I can see a lot of scenarios where he's the second best Buffalo piece, but he's run like God the last three weeks. I mean, you know, a handful of weeks ago, if you if we were talking about De- Devin Singletary, would have been two percent in this contest four weeks ago. But he can turn a corner. Something Zeke cannot do anymore. I just want you guys to know that I I checked my Slack DMs and there's there's a literal ask in a three-man conversation of somebody asking if Leone was requesting an NFT trade to get Zeke into his wallet. Like, this is literally every platform that I'm on is Leone asking for more Zeke. Okay. (laughs) This is being set up very disingenuously by Guru right now. Okay. Like I am being thrown under the bus. I am entering a group entry and I happen to have the other pieces. So somebody does in fact have to send me Ezekiel Elliott. (laughs) I actually will give Leone some credit because he's like, you know, the Patriots It's impossible for them to win this week. You would think in this bill's route that maybe Leone would be more excited about Devin Singletary in a positive game script, but he's not. I, my fears with Singletary are, well, I've already hit on a bunch of them. There's a long list. Let's of be, let's be honest. You you have the Bills in the Super Bowl in all of the scenarios you projected, so you just have a hundred percent Josh Allen lineups. Well, if Allen, there's scenarios where Allen gets into optimals in like two games because the way the quarterbacks are on Tennessee, Green Bay, even Tampa Bay, um, yeah, and. Like if you make a San Francisco run, the quarterbacks, even Kansas City with Tyreek and Kelsey, like there's not a ton of ways that Allen doesn't get in the optimal, even in the AFC championship game, you know, with his rushing ability and the way they spread it out. And then you've got Singletary versus Diggs. I don't know. I'm probably undervaluing how often Singletary beats Diggs. But I, I do also think like if Singletary – it's been it's been 18 weeks of over projecting digs. What's another one? What? But pe- people have probably been saying we've been over projecting Singletary for 32 weeks until the last four. Like I mean, like this shit just sometimes happens. You know, it's not uniformly distributed. Like I think there's an element of randomness. Like I don't think Devin Singletary is all of a sudden like this go-to goal line. He's piece. not. Like, he's not. But I guess the, the question is: Is there a concern that you're swinging back too far? Because because it's such obvious, like negative leverage. His workload over this stretch has been much better than Zeke's workload. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the last. I mean, just time... take expected points. Like throw out the efficiency stuff. Yeah, I I think. Okay, I might be too hand hand in the dirt here, but I think they've had some games that aren't representative of how they're going to play in the playoffs. And I could be wrong, but they've 
played some bad weather games against, you know, Carolina, Atlanta, Atlanta. the Jets to finish. Like, I think those are kind of the Bills, the way they want to play in the playoffs. And this is a super cold game coming up. So, like, there's a chance that the weather does cause them to play somewhat like they did in those games. But I think they want Allen to just drop back, like, 90% of the time, again, like an absurd amount of the time. Kind of like what they did in the New England game. And uh, I think Singletary did end up still having like an okay game and the Tampa Bay game. But also, like, <clears throat> my take isn't purely narrative. Like, maybe my projection on him's wrong, but like it's stemming from that. Like, I have him yeah. as like a 5% type of play, and the field's going to play him 20%. So I'll fade. You know what I mean? But you like, can just play him 5% and still be way underweight and have a little. Yeah, I put him in a fucking lineup, Ben. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, you, it, it, you, we did have a whole discussion this week where you were very clear about this was not this was not a soft lock. This was a lock, a zero percent hard. I found lock. a good lineup with him in, and I I put it in. It's got to be what like a two game scenario for Singletary. Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of these crazy. running backs. Are, that's what you're hoping for. You're hoping for two games at a lot of these running backs. And that's the I think Josh Jacobs would be ideal outcome. too. Yeah. You know, a lot of these guys. Like they're dogs to the field on two games, but the two yeah. games specifically is probably more likely than any other relative to individual the outcome. Yeah. Would would Henry be the only running back where he's likely the optimal play from the team in a three game scenario? I think Mixon very easily could be, but I know. Um, no, I think Mixon could be Mixon. Elijah Fournette. Mitchell. I mean, Mitchell, Mitchell, yeah. Fournette, yeah. yeah. Fournette definitely could. Fournette's the thing is, like, Mitchell, I mean, where are we at, honestly, where are we at on Mitchell's pass catching? Because at least with Mixon, we know he's going to catch some passes. Yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm certainly I, sour on Mitchell. I think Mick, Mitchell could catch four passes or he could catch zero. I just have, like, absolutely no idea. Yeah. It, I think it's the like Debo's the down problem. Yeah, it's like the two down pass catching. It's the same thing with Mixon, right? Like those two down guys that are like good football players, like they have those random spike weeks receiving, but they have no floor on it. Yeah. And Hasty is still like playing some pass down snaps. So So if I told you that you were for that the Bengals were making it to the AFC championship game, Mixon would be the play for you guys? No, no, I would pick one of the receivers, but I, I don't think it like Mixon's a bad play. No, just, yeah, yeah, I would definitely pick one of the receivers. I think I, I would lean towards Mixon in a three I think game it scenario. Would be no. Mixon, it's, but it's so it's... hard to get the running back. Obviously, love the receivers, love the Bengals passing game, play them in every format all year. It's so hard to get the right running backs in, in this particular year in this contest. Mixon feels to me like he would separate in that scenario. I mean, he's gonna be he's gonna be brought along by the passing game. He's gonna score some touchdowns. They're winning two games. Like one of the things is that they're playing in plus scripts in two of those games, most likely. I, I I want the running back in that spot, and then I want to take the good receivers that we have on so many other teams, you know, in, in other spots. That's why I keep picking Mixon in my laps. And it, it just gets so trippy because what Ben's saying, like he could get outscored by Chase and being the optimal, you know, if it's a two running back optimal. If it, right. Like, right. That, well, that's true. Yeah, that's true. So explain that because I think people have a hard time wrapping their head around that, that a player who scores less than one of his teammates could be the optimal play from that team. So it would have to be a two running back optimal for this to be possible. But if running back is just so bad, if Mixon outscores, 
you know, the next closest running back by more than Jamar Chase outscores, you know, the wide receiver that would be left off. Mixon's actually going to be a better play. Or it's, it's probably better off to compare him to the like who the third running back would be. So Do we have the points from last year, like the final points to kind of show how the optimal even comes together. That's something we should have kind of dude because it does get tripped. Like it's stuff really gets trippy. Like we were talking the lineup before and things like why would you use you know Damian Harris against the Bills defense? And like he brought up some good game script points, but like at the end of the day, it's like especially with the way this defensive scoring works on FFPC, where it's like so random, like you got to do some shit that doesn't seem like it, it totally makes sense. And the and one I, thing I, you sorry. were digging through stuff last year. I remember yeah. you were like, like the how, one did, how is this lineup that. possible? And then you looked at like the potential points scored and it's like, Oh, like this gap between these different than this gap. Like, yeah. I was yeah. doing a lot of that digging last year, but like the gap between positions, the one thing I remember is running back gets really shallow, really quick. Like in terms of total points scored, and you have to cut a couple out because you're like, oh, yeah, this running back scored, you know, 20 points over the playoff run because this team played three or four games. But he has, you know, whatever, whoever it is, Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill on his team who scored 80, right? And so, like, that was the optimal over there. It's not even close. And so you start looking down and you're like, there's not a lot of running backs because, like, most teams only have really one, maybe a second, you know, uh, running back that can score points. Receiver is a lot deeper, and that in some ways means that there's a lot more chance for guys to hit ceilings, yeah. right? Yeah. Although the the thing I struggle with with the Bengals is that just having watched the team and, you know, so seeing how bad they were when they did go run heavy, like Mixon can come along for the ride when the team's playing well. Um, and it's certainly very possible that he would be the highest scoring guy or the guy you needed in a three game run. But I think like even against the Titans, you know, they're probably they're going to have the Chiefs of the Bills most likely as one of those three games, potentially both. They're winning those games because Burrow's going off. I think, like I just think that's how they actually make a run, you know. And so it's it's just harder for me to pivot and imagine this version of the Bengals that we've never really seen. They've never been actually very good when they've leaned on Mixon and Burrow hasn't been effective. So I kind of like Mixon in more of the two game scenarios. Yeah, he can definitely get brought along. He can definitely get brought along. Like there was a stretch in November where you know Mixon outscored. I think Chase and Higgins combined over three games. But that was that stretch. Combi- against the- I mean, combined. Yeah, yeah. But what the, they were like, like three it can and happen. three in that stretch. They were like freaking terrible. From from a field sentiment standpoint, it's just such a mind fuck, though, because the Bengals passing game finished so strong. Like everyone has those massive Chase and Higgins games in their head. And yet running back is so gross that – Mixon yeah. looks like such an attractive play where normally if the running back field was a little stronger, everyone would be ripping chase right now because he would just, he's coming off just an incredible finish. And so I, I don't know. I feel like the field could go either way on the mix in versus chase stuff. And I'd be a lot more and interested. Who's getting left out by the yeah. way. And th- Dude, that no stretch, that stretch that, you know, he outscored Higgins and chase combined. They were two and one and, you know, they scored, 41 and 32 points you know one of those games was against vegas where mixon ran for 123 so like i think we're shorting mixon's ability a little bit here but i do agree with pete like it is like a fascinating enigma between the positional scarcity and the recency bias 
And that what Pat said, like Higgins. Can we, just can we talk about out. the other side of that game, the Raiders? Because I feel like they're both overrated and underrated. And I don't know what to do with them. Like they're they're underrated by the market in this contest. I think I also think they're overrated. I've said this stat a few different times, but since they're buying week eight, every one of their games has been a uh, every one of their wins has been a one score win. They're five and two prior. They're five and five since. They're a different team. Lost their head coach. Lost Henry Ruggs. Different team. All five wins, one score wins, four on last second field goals, two in overtime. That's not even a playoff team. Like they're worse than the no, Steelers by that regard. That's like a three and seven in. actual record, right? Yeah, we want we want the Chargers in. We don't want the Raiders. So are they underrated? They're underrated by the market relative to their chances of winning based on the spread, based on their seed, all those things. I also think they're just like not a playoff team. I think they're properly rated. I think they're going to get played. I think they're going to get faded. About sixty percent of the field will be on the kicker defense or not playing them, which is about right for uh, their odds of advancing. And I think you know people will will play it through Waller and. Then Jacobs fairly close behind, and then a sprinkle of Renfro. No one's going to play the quarterback as they shouldn't. Like I actually think the Raiders are going to be like pretty well played. That's what's what you're saying about the Raiders, Ben. Is how I feel about a couple spots where I feel like if you're asking people like build out their brackets and stuff, like they're underrating Tennessee. I think they're you know overrating San Francisco. But then for this contest, uh, I think they're overplaying Tennessee. I think they're underplaying San Francisco. I think they're underplaying the Raiders, even though. So it, it gets trippy. Like you, yeah. Like Pat and I were trying to figure out ways to take advantage of the market's overconfidence in San Francisco because it's not really in fading them because it looks like Debo's going to be played correctly. Mitchell's not going to be played a lot. And Kittle looks like an actually like a plus opportunity there. Pat, how are you dealing? Like, I feel like if I was doing the ownership, I would be tempted to slide more towards Mixon and Henry with people getting spooked with Fournette and sliding a bunch toward Gronk, right? Because Gronk now becomes the comfortable Tampa Bay play if people are really worried about Fournette. But I don't... I mean, and I I would love to hear you guys' opinion on this, but I don't feel like they really are that worried about Fournette? Like... Did projection like you guys stay pretty much in line, right? Yeah, I I don't know. These situations are always tough. But the quote was like, "He's questionable, but if he plays, he's going to be a full go." And I just kind of <laughs> feel like he's playing, and they just don't want to say he's playing. And yeah. he's be I mean, fine. Arian said he's a game time decision, and I think yeah. the words "game time decision" spook people. I think so too. I lowered yeah. him a little bit, but it it's <clears> tough to like and. One thing with a guy like Fournette is like if he's projecting as like literally ETR's top ranked skill player in the entire playoffs, then which is position adjusted, right? (laughs) Leonie, position adjusted on your rankings. Yeah. What what was I being made fun of there for? I was answering a support question. (laughs) No, I think (laughs) was the question question was about Fournette. Oh, dude, I mean, for not pull up your fancy little expected points per game that you just love so much with Devin Singletary. <laughs> you got no, sorry, you, you guys have him as the best bird. running back. Pull up your fancy little expected points, John. No one was questioning it. I'm just asking if you guys are hedging because of the injury news. <laughs> no, we don't have anything hedged on Tampa Bay. We have Fournette right. full go. I'm pretty. 
Okay, that so you guys like have Fortnite a... full, full go. I think yeah. most other sites probably do too. So I don't know. Like, as people are building their lineups, they're gonna. I think a lot of people are gonna look at projections to help guide them through. And if all the projections I mean, have Fortnite as full of go. seven hours ago, Fortnite is still not on the active roster. Can so. I just point out, Leone's wearing a Steve Largent jersey, and Steve Largent was known for after interceptions, absolutely lighting up DBs. Leone came back at Pat there with the Steve Largent <laughs> after the interception. I thought he was coming back at you. I was just, I was just confused as Leone. Nobody's safe, <laughs> and nobody knows where the debris will go. I don't even know, and no one even sure who's yelling at who. Uh, <laughs> Leonard Fournette. Okay, Pete. Help me out. I've got Leonard Fournette at 43%, Gronk at 30%, and Evans at 17%. And keep in mind, I have total ownership for running backs at 2.75 in the lineup. So it's already pretty low. Uh, but what, were, what would you do with that? I think I'm starting to slide more to Henry and pulling the Fournette to Gronk. Now, so are you sliding more to Mixon? At- 43, Gronk at 30 you want you want to pull for net sub four guys? I hate to say it, we're jamming Lenny. If that's what see, this is happen. this is like I'm, right. I'm if, just if telling you, Mike, like we're jamming Lenny. Then I kind of feel like there's like a push and a pull with this I, stuff. I think some people will get spooked, but I also think people when they see like 39 percent, it'd be like oh, there's man, only three good go. running backs. Just that's, jam that's, Lenny. So what if what I've if been we waiting for someone to say this because like so I I'm like the squarest of the group here by a wide margin with. Re- with respect to this contest specifically and football stuff right now. And for me, it's like, when I think about these contests, the hardest part is figuring out who the hell to play at running back because I don't want to play any of them. And so like the only guys that I would feel good about clicking at all are Henry Mixon and Fournette. And and so (laughs) those guys have to be ridiculously utilized by the field. I think Fournette's going to be fifty. In like, I say we soft lock them. Should we soft lock all three, or just like I mean, like like, like so, so Henry's like seventy-five, right? So then you've got at least one hundred and twenty-five more to dish out. And if you're talking about like you know maybe two point seven five in total, then you've got another two hundred to dish out. And like, how do you even get like? No one's playing Miles Sanders. No one's playing like James Conner. Like maybe it's some Najee. of the boys a little like Najee. Zeke will like, be you're like getting some Najee. You're getting some Jacobs. Yeah. That people can come around. I'm telling you, if we do not get a more bullish quote about Fournette status and there's still the game time decision stuff floating, he he's not going to be 50%. We do. We should be, I think we should take a chance. And if he doesn't play, you know, so be it, you know, like the money on fire, but we're trying to win half a mil here. The like, problem um, is that Gronk is such a strong play as well. That if you yeah like That's if you're wrong point. and the Gronk is the one that comes in really low, we could be really overweight, low, but... right? Yeah, we can't play Brady then because we got to be even on Evans. Too. I don't want to touch Brady with a ten foot pole. I don't either. Yeah, I don't really. Want he's Brady making either. us make some Brady. Full, full, full the same fucking thing happened last Thank year. You, Drew. <laughs> full fade Brady. His weapons were a lot better last year. Full fade Drew Brady. came in with the full fade Brady. Not even a soft fade. Full fade. Just no, we're soft fading Brady. The fade. hardest lock ever. Full fade. Full fade. We're soft fading Brady. You got Clear every Bra- every Brady lineup is a singletary lineup, Leone. Deal with that. <laughs> Fine. Fine. I would rather have five percent of those guys together than no Brady. Wow. All right. I've already Let's built Brady lineup, so jokes on you guys. <laughs> <laughs> jokes on you. I already deleted Leone will you guys, like like what if what if last year plays out again and 
Fournette like doesn't play in, in warmups and then it's Keyshawn not Vaughn it's more concentrated. Just, just Keyshawn Vaughn just takes the job and just so like, here's my thing. Last year's team was very spread, right? This year's team is like essentially the Chiefs. Like you have Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, you have Travis Kelsey, Rob Gronkowski, and you have a really good running back. And that's like there's no one else. It's not dude. Fucking Cyril Grayson went for like 102 one week. Dude, Brady's going to throw to Scotty Miller and whoever the hell he wants. Like, yeah, he does. The, if they it. go to the Super Bowl, like Brady, I, I'm not saying he's an amazing play, but he, it's stupid to full fade him. Just if you're making a lot there. of lineups. If I was making five, yeah, fine, full fade him. Hang on, I want to tell you guys a story. Uncle Andy, 9, 12 p.m., logs in before the show's even gone live. He says, do a Jalen Hurts team. He chills out for about 45 minutes he's unsatisfied with the content he comes back at 959 says do a jalen hurts team <laughs> i mean i don't even know what this means what do we, you he wants us to build a, a jalen someone tell him a positive jalen hurts story pat you want you have a little story time for him yeah sure i got some story time everyone's worried about <laughs> this weather in tampa bay talking about gusts oh up to God. 35 there's rain well the rain's supposed to be done basically by you know 12 30 it's not even gonna be raining and then we don't know when these gusts are happening maybe they're only when tom brady's throwing the ball maybe the wind's not that big a deal maybe uh it's it's overrated it's still a, a day away here so we get jalen hurts going against the big old pass funnel he connects with Devontae smith deep downfield for a touchdown. He hits Goddard over the middle for another touchdown. He runs one in. Now he's advancing twice, and you're already looking at Hurts maybe in the optimal. Let's go. Wow. There you go, Uncle Andy. That's I mean, he you... can get there in a two-gamer. That yeah. Well, you kind of have you have to, right? Like you It's got to be Green Bay, Tennessee probably, right? And, yeah. and then the Green Bay-Philly game was a, a massive shootout, but Adams blew up, and then you get Henry and Adams as the, the optimals for those teams. It could be hurt. Also, like, like, what are their odds to go to the conference? That's awesome. But like the odds for the Eagles to like play in the NFC championship game is, you know, it's like three percent. It's not zero. Right. Yeah. It just sucks. I mean, I wish that they could match up, you know, with Dallas or Los Angeles right. or Arizona after that. I think going it's actually on the, the road. Based on the odds you put in the beginning of the week. Leona, they have a three percent chance of making the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think that might be with the market. Sometimes the market overrates like the very back end uh-huh. teams okay. a little bit because they just want people to bet on. And them. Andy's yeah. a full three point nine right now on that three percent call. <laughs> <laughs> but like, there, I mean, I I don't know. Like, I think Jalen Hurts is okay, just because I do think there are some scenarios he can sneak in in a two gamer, so and then you kind you, of free roll the extra. Would you games. say Jalen Hurts is an immediate Buffalo fade? Like a Buffalo losing first round? I think you want Buffalo losing to Kansas City at least. I don't think you have to have them losing in the first round. Well, I'm just thinking, like, so how likely do you think it is that Hurts outscores Josh Allen if they both have two games? Well, how likely is it that Hurts outscores Goddard by more than Josh Allen outscores Dix? Devin Singleton. Okay. They're pride. And I think you're playing the Hurts team as, like, they're just, you know, just running – Hertz is just you know running rampant, yeah. and so there's not a lot of passing going on. That's the thing you about that it's a t- it's almost like you have to get two things right with the Eagles because even if they get positive game scripts, they they want to run the ball no matter what. And then it's like, well, then you need the running to also be Jalen Hurts running and getting those touchdowns near the goal line. But that's yeah. kind of how they do no, it. Like in that Giants game where they just ran an absurd amount of times, like 
Hurts had a pretty decent fantasy game. Also, like, I know that, like, the temptation to, like, look at the game script on this stuff, but sometimes, like, teams end up winning after they're trailing two scores for most of the game, or it's just a close back-and-forth game. Like, mm-hmm. there's so, so much... So data, data doesn't matter though. anymore. All right. I got a question. Yeah. Right. I, I, was, I was promised a drunk stream. Am I the... Uh, am I, I think I, I'm the only one who's no, I'm drinking. drinking. Okay. I'm I, drinking. My right. wife Thank has you. already offered concern about how much I'm drinking, so... All right, I'll be back. No <laughs> question <laughs> me. Pete, I think you'd like this beer. It's a... It's a Pilsner with Jasmine. Ooh, yes, Drew. Right. Drew's going for the booze. It's quite good. Leo, Leone, just admit it. Are you saving yourself for tomorrow? We'll we'll all be okay. I gotta say, I actually have my uh, uh, pre-physical blood test tomorrow morning, so I feel like loading up on a bunch of alcohol tonight, and then <laughs> that would probably screw up my numbers a little probably bit. So. Also, as I recall last clickbait. Year, this is clickbait. <laughs> <laughs> But also, as I recall last year, we were all drunk and Leone carried our lineups to the finish. Yeah. So I also know what's him. happening in an hour. Sober. <laughs> you got to choose your own adventure. He got it. Nice. All right. Let's go. Or... What is that? Anyone want to make a call? Let's go. Easily, let's go. I mean, we're on, we're on the some... beer. Isn't Highlight oh, your favorite beer? Send me some Los Highlight's my favorite beer. I'm I'm gonna be I'm supposed to be hanging with Jeremy tomorrow night, so I might be drinking a lot Ooh. of Los Dos tomorrow night. Tell him if the Bills win, he owes me two bottles of Los Dos. And I'm sure I'm sure he'll here. agree to that on the spot. He'll just okay. he'll just he'll just whip it out of the cellar. Sounds good to me. All right, <laughs> Leone, what it tell us. Walk us through what's what's the tailgate plan tomorrow? Who are you going with? Is this with the landscaper? I don't even know the details here. Uh, it is with the I am going with the landscaper. I'm going with Jay. Uh, I love how good of friends you become with your landscaper. Well, it was more like the opposite. We oh, were yeah. friends, and then yeah. he became my landscaper. Um, I was, friends with, I was become... friends with his wife first. I was friends with his uh, wife, like going back to high school. Um. We don't we don't really like have set plans. The only thing we've done is we had like extra tickets where we were sitting. So instead we bought better tickets like five rows behind the Bills bench. So I'm pretty pumped about that. I am taking some heat for turning down a sweet ticket. People like Drew are calling me an idiot, but I feel like I I gotta yeah. be out there with the people and like experience once in a lifetime adventure, dude. Yeah, I'm on Silva, your I'm on your side with this one. Silva Thank called you, out Leone's virtue signaling of wanting to be <laughs> out with the people. Um, and I, and I think it's true. Let's I mean, no, because you Silva. can't, win, you can't win with Silva, right? Because if you say you're going to the suite, he starts calling you soft, yeah. that you're not the man of the people yeah. in your ivory tower. A hundred percent. Yes. Here's what yeah. Silva Leone, told me. Leone's not really at the game. He's just watching. He's just watching <laughs> from a suite. Someone's giving him a foot massage while he watched Devin Singletary run in four touchdowns. <laughs> I've definitely noticed at Michael Leone making a goddamn public statement every time he enters the great outdoors. Incredible virtue signaling. You'd expect nothing less from the El Jefe of the spreadsheet socialists. Enjoy the game, comrade. <laughs> So that's that's what it's like to work at ETR. Wow. <laughs> that's also the Slack message Silva sent in three months. Silva, mad at you for paying someone to mow your own lawn, but when you're willing to go sit in five degree temperatures 
around the Neanderthal Bill fans, then he, then he comes after you. You can't win. Yeah, you can't win. I can't win. I can't. It's a. Is it going to be a real socialist crowd down there? <laughs> the popular hard line of the Bill Stadium. Yeah, yeah. they're going to be Bunch literally doing like fuck vaccinine chants. Uh... <laughs> oh my god! Unbelievable. Um. I do love I, the idea that you're gonna be five five rows behind the Bills bench. I mean, that's I'm stoked. That's fucking yeah. awesome. You're gonna get the whole feel of it. That's gonna be that's gonna be a blast, dude. What's up? What Give are us the, the boots on the ground plans? about uh, Der- Devin Singletary. Let us know if we should play him the next week in DFS. <laughs> I, I you guys have like scared me. I literally just upped our Devin Singletary projection. You guys are getting <laughs> to me. I, have I don't even. Shit. I don't. The thing is, this is what's so crazy about these arguments. Is like I don't want to fucking touch Devin Singletary, but then Leone says zero percent, and I'm like, this guy's off his rocker. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. I've never wanted to play Devin Singletary. No, we all hate him. Funny. What was funny though is I asked Ben, and this is how our brains work. So I'm not picking on Ben, but I asked Ben (laughs) if Singletary was going to be five percent owned, would he care that we have zero? And he said no. But because he's twenty, we're worried we don't have some. When that should like be a better reason for us to have zero sure that's true actually yeah facts and logic <laughs> no but like i my brain works the same way like i'm like oh god we might get beat by Devin. like and i don't want to play him everybody thinks that way but it's you know yeah sometimes you gotta take your l that's like number one <laughs> well, dfs lesson i've learned you just gotta be able to take your l sometimes but that's why we should fade zeke well t- to I the just want to fade to them the, all I want to take some more stance. I think we're too spread out, probably. I really do. There's 12 lineup spots. I think we should be making like harder stands in some cases. No, I, I, I don't think that's we're, a good idea. We're doing just fine, Ben. Do you, do you remember how <laughs> Ben? Ben, I want you to go back in your time machine after that Pittsburgh, Cleveland game yeah. last year and tell me how. Oh you man, felt. tell me how you felt. Tell me, yeah, how do you feel about the the stand we took right. in that game? You know what? That was the best we... response ever, Pete. Because honestly, <laughs> like we did this, we sat here at this spot last year, and Pat, you were with me. I re- recall us both being. Oh. sorry to drag you down with me, but telling Leone over and over again that Juju was dust. I know. Well, I also, said, we didn't have enough Chubb either. Like on the Claypool as, teams, yeah. we didn't have enough Chubb. Chubb was kind of like a more conscious, like underweight though. But yeah, we, yeah. we didn't have enough. But like. As much as we ridicule, to be clear, Juju was very Gronk conscious play. on Ben and Me's part. Yes, <laughs> we were very excited about not playing Juju. I guess I meant like uh, Chubb was like a game theory play. Juju was just like a you guys just were just adamant that we did not play him <laughs> no matter what. Hassan was like in the comments, like my only like lifeline. Yeah. I was just getting, <laughs> I was getting it from all sides. I I think I've told you guys this how much that game mess me up because we had all of our ffpc lineups that went to hell with that game i was in like fifth place in the in the gpp (laughs) jesus leone i was in fifth place at a gpp then didn't even cash and i i used to take my phone i remember that yeah i used to take my phone like to bed like that was just my routine you know you go upstairs with your phone and i said you know what fuck it i don't even need to look at anything on the internet i'm leaving my goddamn phone at my desk i kept that routine up for four months, that game broke me so much that I said, I don't need my phone at night. Um, I'm still shook by that game, but it helped me build really strong life habits. Yeah, you're doing great. <laughs> I remember during the house. That was the same week 
where I put my ETR job on the line and bet <laughs> Michael Thomas over Tyreek Hill with Adam Levitan. And Michael Thomas played the entire game and scored zero. <laughs> I've never been more embarrassed about uh and I have a lot of embarrassing calls, <laughs> but like as far as like fantasy calls go, I, I don't think there's been one more embarrassing than that. Leody, what tells me tell me what happens. You go to this game tomorrow, the Bills are just absolutely crushing, but Devin Singletary has two hundred <laughs> yards and two touchdowns. Oh, two hundred yards. One what forty five carries coat off for crushing. <laughs> You're streaking because you you what, care about is... your fandom more than our lineups. Oh yeah, I care about my fandom more. Than are you responding lineups. to another support ticket? What are you wearing? Uh, yes, please stop. Uh, I, wa- I want someone to else to come. What is, oh, what are you wearing for the rest <laughs> of the potential portion of the program? Um, <laughs> what are you wearing to this Bills game? Like that's it's so cold. Okay, so I'm glad you asked because I take every opportunity I can to tell people about this winter coat I bought. I've told Drew about it about six times already. Um, no, I've definitely so, heard about it. I, I, you I, know, really I, I know you've heard about it, and I'm going to tell you again because, you know, Pat asked. I wish I could find. He's got um, some sort of like affiliate oh, deal with this. It was. It yeah, was right. like the the line was like, if you're not going on an expedition in the Arctic, you don't need this coat. <laughs> and I was like, that's exactly the coat I want because I refuse <laughs> to be cold. Uh, so, I'm more worried about what's the my, coat my. Did you? In my I like a warm coat. It did seem like you got paid to put out that tweet. No, I'm just so proud of the coat that I just put it out on my own. I was, I'm, I'm probably gonna send another one. Get prepared. <laughs> Hashtag ad. It's coming. All right. I'm gonna send like, the same exact tweet here with my landscaper and my feathered uh, friend's coat. I mean, this is just absurd. <laughs> Everyone called me Fat To. <laughs> Right, hey, T.O. <laughs> <laughs> is that a mold jersey? No, it's a T.O. jersey. It's a T.O. jersey. Yeah. <laughs> he was there for a year. Was he there for two, I, two years? I literally he was there for one year. He was at that game, though. They, like, had a thing with him at that okay. game. All right. All right. And I used to have, like, everyone's jersey. <clears throat> hey, uh, here's Brad, a, Rick, Rick would be proud of me. Here's another photo of uh, Rachel getting uh, Dink, or, uh, Leone ready for the game tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> she's already sending me all these tips i guess the cardboard ben kramer in our slack chat said it but i've heard it like the cardboard in your boots or under your feet is like a really plus ev move what do you mean like you put like you stand on cardboard over the concrete instead of just oh, standing oh, directly oh. on the concrete yeah, apparently like acts like an insulator there you go so you that's this is the you get you kill two birds with one stone, you you roll in with the uh, the soft lock on the yeah, cardboard side, oh. and then you slip it under as a foot warmer. Dude, if I get soft lock on TV, <laughs> what's the challenge? Like, what do I get from you guys? I'm pretty sure you get a ship chasing promo clip that goes on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! Between the soft lock and Bart Scott's suggestions to Josh Allen, there's just there's too much, too much going on in this Bills game. Is well, I, is is Levitan making you wear ETR gear? You know, in case you get on. Because uh, I didn't I hear Levy was going to a, some game with uh 
Jennings, did they already go to that where they sat courtside? They went I guess? to a basketball game already, I think. Did he get on TV? Did he get the ETR pub in there? No, no, no. The game got canceled. Oh, what? Yeah, yeah. So that was the game. Uh, it was Nuggets, Warriors. Levitan was going to sit courtside with CSU. <laughs> CSU got COVID, called in a favor, and the NBA postponed the game. Oh my goodness. No. They were worried that Pete would give the players COVID and they had to cancel it. Yeah, so they canceled it. So, so, so it's been rescheduled in CSU. Uh, I'm sure they're fitting it in. They're just they're checking back with Pete on his golf uh, <laughs> schedule for the rest of the winter Whoa. before before uh, scheduling that one. But uh, the, the game has not taken place yet where Adam was going to go full ETR billboard for, <laughs> for the seats. That's amazing. Mike, this is how you make up for the uh, the Michael Thomas bet. You go as full ETR billboard. Yeah, and I start jamming Devin Singletary lineups. <laughs> <laughs> well, to go to, how, back to the how, how much Devin Singletary do you want to play, Pat? <clears throat> like zero percent. <laughs> I just wanted to give you a hard time about Zeke. This has nothing to do with Singletary. I just wanted to. I just wanted to get you on Zeke. That's all. <laughs> all right, Dink. We haven't had the Gronk take yet this year. Who's the player that we're all forgetting about? We haven't mentioned yet. <clears throat> oh, I mean, I, I, I. Mike and I talked about this on Established a Million today for just this DFS slate this this week as well. But like, I think it's Mike Evans. Like, I thought you were going to say Darren Waller for a second. I thought you were going to no. say Tyler Boyd. No, no, Tyler Boyd's too cute for this type of contest for for DFS stuff. I think there's there's yeah there's reason there. But I, Boyd's I mean, like oh yeah, like with Evans, like he's only going to get held down because of his teammates. It has nothing to do with him. Like. If you could play multiple Bucks players, everybody would be playing Mike Evans in this contest as well. I literally just said this earlier that if Fournette and Gronk weren't in this, we would love Evans. Yeah. And so that's so that's the whole thing. So. Could you say that if you remove the two best options on every mm-hmm. team, you'd like their third best? Well, I, no, I Evans, Evans, Evans would be Evans, such Evans a jam. Devin <laughs> 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 oh, Singletary man. doesn't become a jam ever. <laughs> But like with these three guys, if we went into the season and at the beginning of the season, we're like, you you can only choose one of these guys for the playoffs. You would choose Mike Evans in that spot. Saying knowing Godwin's out, you'd yeah, say right, Mike yeah. Evans is the best fantasy producer. But it's the positional stuff that is pushing up Fournette and Gronk. And so like Evans is just getting left behind for no reason, no fault of his own. Just his well, teammates the, in the position. Well, they play. the Gronk thing is like like he straight up projects worse than yeah. those two, even aside from the positional stuff. And I don't um, think you don't need with the tight end, tight end is flooded. So it's it's more about the tight end premium scoring yeah. than needing a tight end. But I do I I go back and forth on I, we were talking about Evans a lot, and the problem I had was like, okay, it looks like we should play Evans like X percent or whatever, and I'm like, I think it should be higher than that. But then I look at like the ownership, and the ownership's already higher than that, and and I get into this wraparound enigma where I'm like, do I want to? I know better. Force a guy into the ownership that's already higher than you know, like, and I I always have a tough time with those plays. Whether it's so what's what's what do you have Evans projected at now, Pat, in terms of ownership? Um, Sixteen. Yeah. Yeah, I might I might have. Brought him, yeah, brought him down to fifteen. That sounds about right. 
I think you want 25. See, that's where I was at initially. And then you get through it and you're like, you want to be well, overweight. Well, on that's Brock. why you don't fucking play Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah I think still, that's right. I think that's why you oh go low God. on Brady. Still, what's Gronk? What's Gronk? <laughs> you, well, what do you think look, Gronk Pat, should? What would Gronk you play Gronk at? I, I have Gronk at 32 and I have Fournette at 45. See, Gronk at 32 is a really nice play. Fournette's Titan coming down. I'm telling you that right now. How, what, how low? How like, low? Fournette and I mean, five to six percent. Gronk, Gronk at 32 is a I'll, tough, I'll, tough spot for me to take a stand on. So that means I probably have it about right. Yeah. You're the Gronk if I, guy. If I brought Fournette down to, to 40, Dink and Leone, are you guys just jamming? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, don't I think, think he wants, I think he wants 50, 55 to 60 at that point. Contest. I think I'm going to leave him at 45 then. So, Dink. He's going to be – I think he's going to be 50. When you say you'd want 55 okay. to 60 at that point, would that come off of Evans or would you be really underweight on Gronk? No, I literally would not play Brady. Yeah, but and, still, 55 to 60, you said 25 on Evans, so you'd be, what, 80 to 85. So you'd be at 15 to 20 of Gronk, so, which would be well yeah. underweight. Yeah. It's, okay, yeah. that's where you'd be. Okay. Yeah. We're playing 4 to 5% Brady. It's just happening. Liam has done this with, like, 15 guys. <laughs> yeah, because – It's just <clears throat> happening. It's just the way it's it, going to be. Yeah, you guys, you guys get a little, little crazy. Like I get with Devin Singletary, but you do that with like every player crazy. you don't like. You guys don't like a lot of players. <laughs> That's true, actually. It's actually very, very <laughs> accurate. That's a fair I mean, criticism. <laughs> our our ideal FFPC scoring settings would be about four light up spots. Yeah, yeah, right. we, don't, we don't need this team, but shouldn't be in the playoffs. It's like the hypothetical you gave the other day. AJ about. Brown. T Higgins. <laughs> We're good. Thinking think, think more Step through that under. question. I think I'd be I think I'd be like 50, 54 net, 25 Evans, 25 Gronk. I think that's where okay. I'd be. So you wouldn't play like a single Tampa Bay fade at single Tampa Bay. You wouldn't play them to lose defense. Once. You wouldn't play a single. So I said you had 20 teams. Like, yeah, I mean, you guys tell me, like, if they if they lose first round, I still think they probably put up points. Um, are there guys yeah, I mean I can tell you what. I've got in in the scenarios that they lose a game. Yeah, tell me. That's what I'm asking. All right, let's. What well, talking about a second, second computer game. over there? How many? Pete, that was <laughs> yeah. Like, Leone, what are you looking at right now? Like, where well, did your, your gaze went from like this direction clearly to just yeah, like the, this? This shoots on my laptop, which is connected to my huge monitor. <laughs> I'll drag it up here. Wow. Um, Why don't you have it on the ceiling like Greg? Giving us monitor envy now. Okay. <laughs> games where <laughs> games where the Bucks play scenarios where the Bucks play one game, I have Fernet and Gronk as the highest exposure, but massive negative leverage. And Tampa Bay defense and Ryan Suckup is clearly the highest leverage plays and a higher exposure. You know, then Evans and Brady, and then Brady's obviously like a clear not play. Yeah, Brady is a clear not play in all. That's the, that was kind of my take. In all from that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's just extend. Can we just clip that from Leone every time he tries <laughs> to make a Brady lineup? I just, just love to play a little Brady. sound clip. <laughs> Brady is okay, a clear not play. Let me play. pull up. Let me pull up the the five game scenario. Five. Super Bowl counts twice. I was ready for that one, you son of a bitch. 
So Brady is like the second highest exposure Tampa Bay player in, in to my who? game. To Lenny. Fournette. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, so like and almost he's, every... He's, He's the, also by far the highest leverage on Tampa Bay yeah, in five games. So, so, like so Mike, let me ask you this: if if I if I had said with Tampa Bay, you have to take one big stand, either overweight or underweight, on a single player on Tampa Bay. What would your big stand on Tampa Bay be? I would reluctantly be underweight, Mike Evans. That would be a big stand. Wow! If, if, if you're forcing me to, uh, dude, I, I'm I'm playing like, hey, let's let's play a little bit of everybody, okay? Like, but if you're if you're saying so you're, you're, like, to, you're like you're like five percent Mike Evans, yeah. Like if I had if I had, I think I put ten percent as my desired exposure when we were going through our thing. Thought I knew. You By the way, know. I don't know that Brady's going to count as a big stand if you fade him because I've got him at four percent right now. Like, I just don't think people are going there with the win game. No one wants him the, in round one. Yeah, I mean Brady's a good play. <laughs> like, yeah, well, I mean, even in, your, for, even in your optimal, he was the second play. I mean, I'm not saying, but like, yeah. So, but by for, far the highest for reference for reference, most teams <clears throat> in five game in in a run to the Super Bowl five game run out of the wild card, the quarterback is the top. Player. For most yes, and Brady doesn't yeah. show that way this year. Not for Green Bay, not for Tennessee. Well, they are not Kansas five games. City bar- barely. I said five games. Who's the other one? Kansas. City. No, but it'd be this. It'd be the same. It'd be the same for their it's team, the, right? Because it's the yeah. same concept. I mean, sure. There's teams. Yeah. Okay. Like Jimmy Garoppolo or whatever. Yeah. I mean. Sure. I mean, it's so. So it's probably about half the teams, not most. It's probably about 50 50. Okay. It does feel like you most have to run really pure play. in the AFC, though. Because if the Bills make the Super Bowl and you have Brady, you're, I feel like you're kind of dead. I think you guys are underrating Brady throwing bullshit touchdown passes I'm, to I'm, Cameron I'm Brady, Brady with and Scotty Miller projection and these guys ownership. all playoffs. I he mean, was 10% like, last year, and I just I that's don't your think best argument. people aren't excited about the Buccaneers to make a run again. They're definitely not excited to play them in round one. Dude, they could be going up against Dallas in round two. That might not be that, but, you know. So, I, I and then like you've we, also got more interesting quarterbacks in general. I think you've got yeah, Burrow, yeah, Kyler. Sure. So I, I like I your I bullshit TDR. The more that I'm thinking about this now, I think my big stand would probably be anti Gronk. Then I, I agree with that, Dink, because I'm more on Gronk is going to catch more ownership than we think. So, so the thing, the thing that I, the mm-hmm. thing that I would think through is like. I think I gain more by being right on a Gronk fade than I gain from being right on an Evans fade. And I think you're basically saying like, we want to be over Fournette and Mike's making really good cases for being over Brady on a small rate. And so like, where do you get under? And there's more room to get under on Gronk than there is to get under on Evans. You get more when you're right on that. That's where I'm at. I think I'm on the Evans side because Gronk's led the team in routes for the last two weeks as a tight end. He's getting targeted at a high rate. Yeah. The tight end premium stuff. I mean, like, he's just such a good play. Like, he could if just they, so it's a, easily it's a be deep the guy tight end year. Catch, let's say, what, what's a reasonable amount of balls for them to catch over? I mean, it's five games because Super Bowl counts twice. So, like, those do catches. Know, do we know twice. his incentives? Playoff incentives? <laughs> like, let's say it's 30 catches in a Super Bowl run. Like, that's 15 points that Gronk's being spotted. Right. If they yeah. each catch. I mean, it's, it's, a, big it's deal. a lot. And, and tight ends and in deep position in this, but we have uh, one thing we have here that I think is being a little bit underweighted. But I mean, I don't know how heavy we're going to play it. But Mahomes has never been 
as a quarterback, not in a buy scenario. So in this contest for several years, we've never had the potential for five games from Mahomes. Mahomes. And, and like it can still be Kelsey or Hill for the Chiefs, but Kelsey's typically the best play, right? He's the highest owned tight end. He's a great play, but you could have a scenario where KC being favored in the AFC makes a run. And Mahomes is actually the quarterback, which hasn't really been the case when they've had a bye. Like last year, it was Brady, Kelsey. That's what you wanted. But this year, it could be Mahomes, Gronk pretty easily. Like Gronk, I think, is yeah. the next best tight end play. I think I think he's a, I think he's a better the- tight end play than Kelsey, like just straight up. Like he I think be. his, his mm-hmm. target profile is just better. Yeah, and, and like, you know, you can go to you can go to Mahomes, you can you can go to Hill. There's a pretty big opportunity cost in playing Kelsey. I think a ton of the field's going to be on Kelsey. So I think like Gronk fade Kelsey lineups are actually pretty cool. But like, also, I think I mean most of these lineups are probably playing two tight end. I mean, yeah, yeah, sure. So like the tight end scarcity is like almost a complete non-factor. Well, do you think I'm off with the fact that I have Kelsey at 58 percent? Mahomes at 22% and Tyreek at 15%. I just know that Tyreek's the jam of all jams. That's well, that's like the take right. I feel most confident in like in terms of I want to that, be like I'll be wrong. Am I too low on am I too low on the percentages then? That seems to me I, my first instinct is that's a little hot on Kelsey and a little light on Reek. Not not like egregiously so, but like five like to seven. Injured and stuff though. People are really worried about how healthy he is. He left week eighteen, yeah. didn't come back. Everyone was playing him in DFS. But I mean, like, but I I don't know. Has Kelsey like just like he's he scored, so we're all good now about that like whole stretch where like the people like Kelsey who Dusty's old like yeah we're good. People, Everyone's good about that. I think. Okay, I think right. a lot of people who play this contest too like really have. Uh, like stuff that's happened in previous playoffs is in their heads more than it should be. And one of that is Kelsey just absolutely, you know, crushing souls. And, and like the recency bias just in general. I mean, the the season finished with Kelsey scoring touchdowns in back-to-back games. Tyreek Hill didn't yeah. play and then had 40 empty calorie yards in week 17. Like just the, the kind of recency bias steam is not going to be there on Hill. Can I just point out Gobbler's comment? He said you're going to be, you guys are going to be punting tight end by the end of the night, and running we, back. We've already figured out that we're going to play two running backs. We were started the week yeah. saying we're going to jam five tight ends. The way this ends is we we're piss done. yellow all over our lineups, right? Ah, uh, dude, yeah. dude, we already got some five tight end lineups in. <laughs> Give me the tight ends. We're also cranking purple. We're cranking purple. We're pissing yellow. A little of each. Well. I want to get Dink's take on the strategy that Sean floated last night with this running back stuff. You know, he was he was saying one thing you could do is like play Josh Jacobs or Chase Edmonds or Najee Harris. I don't think we had Edmonds at the time, but the but the idea being you play a guy who you're actually kind of hoping gets eliminated but has a good game, yeah. and then you have your wide receivers advancing, and everyone else has a bunch of running backs advancing, and you're just going to beat them the rest of the way. Yeah, no. Um, shocking that Sean would come up with a strategy like that. <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, no, It. I, I think it makes sense given the quality of the running backs. I mean, th- this has been this has been like the ultimate year for zero running back and just understanding like, you know, the variance at the position, the volatility and the attrition issues at the position. And then I think the league has just moved in this direction as well, where, you know, the league understands the replacement value of the position as well. So I do think I, I do think that's a very very reasonable approach. Um, 
Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on those particular running backs? The the most likely, like the most likely one and done <clears throat> running backs, I guess, would be Najee Jacobs, Damian Harris, Chase Edmonds, yeah, Elijah Mitchell, Miles Sanders. Yeah. Um, Mitchell is the most interesting to me, just because I I think it's like I I like. It sounds like you guys think Debo is going to be the guy that's going to be mostly played from San Francisco by like kind of a wide margin. And we've yeah. just seen like San Fran just really, really loves Eli. Like a lot of the Debo, I don't, I, and this is feel, so correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of the Debo like goal line rushing carries and stuff, I feel like those happened more in the games that Eli was not there than in the games that Eli was there. Um, it it so, was before Eli went out, but then when he came back, Debo kind of stayed. They were still doing that. Okay, I think he had I a still, rushing I still touchdown think like last week. He's the guy that I think that game's going to play fast. I like. I'm. I, I think San Fran. That's the way that they're going to try to attack things. I mean, the Dallas pass rush and secondary has been the thing that's been disruptive for Dallas's defense this year and led to like games getting out of control. And I think they just kind of executed their game plan to perfection against the Rams, a similar type of secondary and pass rush where it was just like ball control, keep the other team off and just pound and pound and pound. And so I think, I think Mitchell's at the top of my list relative to the way that you guys are talking about from like how the field's going to utilize him. And then I think Najee would be next. Um, because I, I think as much as like Pittsburgh's talking about like we have no chance and different things like that, I think they they have to know that their best chance is that they can they they can just run the ball right down Kansas City's throat all day and like that's their best chance at being successful. And so I think those are the two guys that would stand out from that perspective to me. And I think naturally you are getting if they do get eliminated early or whatever, um, and you do run into the big wide receiver performances, whether it's like Devonte Cup. Uh, chase, like, you know, get off Mixon, get into some Chase or Higgins or whatever, like, those guys can put up re really, really big numbers if their teams make a run. Really big numbers. Yeah. Yeah, I like the Najee call. I don't think he'll be all that popular. Uh, I keep, like, kind of fiddling now and back and forth. I have it 22% Najee and 19% Deontay. Was, right he at, was he back at practice today? He's a... I think they're calling him a game time, but... Uh, I mean, I know he didn't practice yesterday. He did but I practice. Didn't he did? No, okay. he did practice today, yeah. So I, I don't think people are like, all that word he misses, but that's one thing I'm trying to factor in. Like, do people just say, I'm not messing with it? Yeah. I feel like Deontay and Najee are both pretty good overweights. My my feeling, <coughs> yeah, I guess now that Najee's back, it, it seemed like people would just be, it's tough, right? Because I think people would feel far more comfortable playing Deontay Johnson, but because again, running back is so gross, I think people would land on Najee right. and Najee was good to people throughout the year. Yeah, like people yeah. put Najee into their lineups and they felt good about what they got back. Yeah. So there's a comment here about um, Ertz being the galaxy brain play in Arizona. <laughs> I have him as, as the chalk play. He's the but, chalk. Uh, but like, I love it. I don't know. Maybe I'm too high on Ertz if people are. Well, Galbraith. I, I would assume that that comment is coming from because my, my first perception would be like, oh, you know, we're looking at like Arizona fades or we're looking yeah, at that is the that is the highest I have. Right. And or we're looking at a situation where it's like, OK, if we're not fading Arizona, like we're locked, we're not playing it, you know, an overwhelming amount of tight ends. And Earth is like, you know what, the fourth 
favorite tight end uh, of the slate that you would even look at. But I think when you like look at, hey, if we're going to play Arizona guys and we're playing Arizona to lose, which I think most people are, that takes Kyler off the table. The running back situation is like totally off the table. You don't have Hopkins. So like it's gotta be Ertz, right? I, so I, I think, think Ertz should if if you're not fading Arizona, the field is playing Ertz. Like yes, no one I feels agree. comfortable. Now there's uncertainty with the running backs yeah. and no one wants to play Christian Kirk. Like people are I, jamming Ertz. We need to but, make sure we play some Christian Kirk. Yeah, I, I, I agree. He, I agree. He could come. He could come in at like like we have him single digit projected ownership, but like he could come in like sub five three. Mm. Yeah, and at that point, like that's just yeah. You're, you're right. I'm that's like five. Like I mean, his odds of outscoring Ertz. I mean, it's kind of like the Evans Gronk thing, except you're getting Kirk at three percent instead of you know Evans at seventeen. Here's what happens: the Eagles upset the Bucks. The Cardinals win, and you get Christian Kirk versus LA, and then Christian Kirk in the dome against Dallas. I mean, now you're cooking, Mike. What's, so Arizona, what's, what's your take on Kyler? Like, what's what's the percentage you're arguing for Kyler in these things? Um, quarterback's tough. Like, like around ten percent, I think. And what's the, the projected own Pat on Kyler? Kyler, I have at eight percent. Yeah, kind of like a break even. So the guy I like more is Dak. It's kind of like a similar play, except I think Dak has even more routes to separate from his teammates and an even better chance of even just making out a round one. So I like both of them for similar reasons, but I like I mean, I get unless Kyler just runs like crazy, obviously he could separate then. That's um, so that that's the like hidden variable to me on Kyler that it's just like what <laughs> What if they just like really, really let loose? Like, and he really lets loose on the rushing side of things. Um, yeah. I try to think about that with a few. I like teams. I like Kyler quite a bit. I just, I think it's like him and Dak are similar plays. And I prefer Dak, especially. Yeah. And we were talking again, going back to that thing Pat and I were discussing, where the people are overrating Sam Fran, but they're underplaying their skill players. So, like, one way around to actually take advantage of that since you can't fade San Fran is to play Dak and assume, you know, the victory, at least one victory there. Yeah. I think You're going to need more than one, but I think start. The, the Kyler rushing thing makes a lot of sense in terms of like, how, how are they going to win? Like they're going to win by opening up the offense and Kyler actually being their whole offense. Cause their receivers and, are not good. And but, they're going to face like, so like the Rams have a great pass rush. So like, you're going to get a lot like Kyler having to improvise a lot. Um, mm -hmm. and I, I could just see a scenario where like, he really has to carry an egregious load in this first game. And then, you know, in the second game, there's, there's the most likely opponent in the second game would be green Bay, right? Under that scenario that they yeah. win. And green Bay has been a team that historically like has really struggled with running quarterbacks. Um, that's been one of the things that they've, they've struggled with historically. So. Like I, I could just see a scenario where Kyler, uh, really, really in like two, two game, even in two games, just puts up really big rushing numbers. And we've had a, we've we've had some positive conversations about Kyler, but I like I like something you said about um, just the like the idea that what if they really turn it loose? Like I, a couple spots where I've thought about that. Like I was joking about the Pollard thing earlier. I don't actually think you should play Pollard in this, but it would not really surprise me that much if Dallas went to a little bit more Pollard now. Yeah. The other one is 
Elijah Mitchell. Okay, I just want to throw that in there as one I was thinking about. The other one is Elijah hey, Mitchell. Leo, you got to give him. That was a pretty reasonable take. Yeah. Elijah Mitchell is 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 an interesting plane. Lock, soft locket. But the, what about if San Fran is like, we are going to turn Debo loose in this? Because yeah. Debo is their, like such an important part yeah. of their offense. What if he gets 10 to 12 carries instead of five or six? Now Elijah Mitchell's not not even a possible. The, the only the only thing that I note there, and and again, this will be thrown right back at me with Kingsbury not being the sharpest fellow in, in 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 the world, but like, how many times have we expected Shanahan with with like Kittle to like just like turn things loose in terms of just like peppering Kittle with volume, like the clearly like one of the most efficient players in the league, and it just like it's never a priority. It's something that just kind of happens when it happens. And so I just don't know that San Francisco, I don't know that they think of anything in that context. Now, again, I, I, I'm making the case that Cliff will think about this with Kyler, and I, I don't know. I, I don't see any reason to really yeah. believe that either. But to your point, like, I mean, maybe I'll, Cliff isn't involved. Like, you know, if, if Kyler has yeah. to scramble around and improvise. So know. that's kind of my thought process on, and like, and I've not been impressed with the way the Rams have closed the season. Me neither. And so I and I I think I think there's like a lot of there's a lot of primacy bias when people get to the playoffs, right? Like especially like casual people. Like you all year long, you thought like the Rams are great, Green Bay's really good, and you've been skeptical of Arizona. And then Arizona kind of faded a little bit at the end. So it's just like just what you needed to to be like ah, I'm out on Arizona. And so, and everybody wants to play Cooper Cup because he's been the fantasy god this season. So I just like I really think playing Arizona to to advance is just like there's a lot of leverage points on well, that, and I think Kyler so, is just such a such a potential game breaker on this contest. To that okay. point, I just want to say I feel like if there's one team that I'm kind of fighting like the field on to to keep you know, the projections too high here, it's Arizona. Like I have them as 57% faded and San Francisco has like pretty similar odds of playing two games, making the Super Bowl. I have them as 33% total faded kicker defense and full. Yeah. So like almost yeah. twice as high for Arizona. And I think I might be too low on Arizona. I think that yeah. the fades might it's come so in more easy like to fade Arizona. 65. Yeah. You're either, you're either yeah. playing Kyler or you're like, who, who am I well, going to Yeah. The, the one thing I'm thinking about Arizona. So like, even when you look at, you know, 538 gives them 7% chance to make the conference championship game. Football outsiders gives them a 5.2% chance. The second lowest other than Pittsburgh the, to me, where Arizona gets interesting. And if I want to play a Kyler, I want to play an Eagles upset because then Eagles go to Green Bay and Arizona San Francisco goes upset. to Dallas. San Francisco or, upset. Or hang on, a San Francisco upset and Cardinals. Yeah, exactly. Cardinal, then Cardinals go to Tampa Bay. Now you're right. talking. Yeah, I still don't love it. You quite probably as much. want him at Dallas. If you, at if Dallas you could my, pick, it's less likely perfect. to happen. Yeah. Really? I'd want him at the Tampa Bay. They're throwing a ton. No, I want the dome, the dome matchup, not on the road at Tampa. Yeah. Well, you're on the road at Dallas too. Yeah, but Dal I guess both those defenses are solid. But I guess my point is like you are thinking about those upsets, like in yeah, your yeah. Arizona situation. You don't want to go on Arizona Bay. at Green Bay. That's that's a no, death sentence, I think, for them. So that's a really 
I think informative point, like if you are wanting to play that, just think of getting them in the best possible scenario to get to the NFC championship game. I love, I love that. Cause then also like there's, there's dominoes that fall on that. Then you fade Dallas, right? You play Dallas's defense or Dallas's kicker yeah. because you're playing San Fran to yeah. win. It's Dallas is not going to be faded heavily by the, by the field. And so you can, or soft fade them or, or, or hard fade them, whatever. Yeah. But, don't throw in a Dallas player because they are a team that if they're losing, especially yeah. to a team like San Fran, who t- who cuts plays in a game. Yeah, they're slow. They spread the ball around. Through, yeah. And then Dallas spreads the ball around, and then there's no one there. So go play a uh, pit player. Go play Deontay Johnson. Go play Goddard and fade Dallas from the scope. Go get one of your running backs figured out. And just you know, like, that's like the, that's the that type easiest of way to correlate. So just play Kyler. Like there's so many levers that you're pulling on on yeah. on like you don't have to get you don't have to get super weird on like Devonte and like like because you're pulling levers on the field in different ways with with the Kyler stuff. So for the know. record, I, this I think is it's really interesting. We've joked about Pat story time all week. This, these are the stats, uh, the stories that Pat has been telling the most. I think are the Kyler stories. He's had some really good Kyler stories. All I week. like Kyler and stories and Burrow story, stories. Well, Burrow you, stories. Yeah, because well, the Burrow stories, you do the same thing. You you send him to uh, to KC. They have a shootout. You know, then they get to the Bills or whatever. You can have fun. Well, and Dink, you think about it, right? For a showdown, when you're trying to be unique. We don't yeah. have leaving on the salary available for this contest, right. right? So what are the two ways we get unique, either with Galbrain off the radar plays or by flipping the build construction stuff? Yeah. I don't think this contest lends itself to the Galbrain super thin backup yeah. tight end plays. So how do you do it? You play a different construction than everyone's playing. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where you can really get it without having to be too outrageous. Yeah, I think so. And, and I think... I think it's just it's like you look at all the teams on the landscape of the playoffs right now in terms of teams that could surprise and make a run and like where would the points come that you'd be confident that if they made the run you would identify the right player. And I don't think there's a better I don't think there's a better example than Kyler in Arizona. Like yeah, I, I feel the exact same way about Dak that Dink feels about Kyler. Yeah, Dink, but you and, and I get it. I get it and I think Dak and Dallas are more likely to make a run. But I think there are scenarios where if Dak and Dallas make a run, there's scenarios where the wide receiver is is the top play. Like there, there there's a chance. But there is on there is on Arizona. I, I have like Ertz is more likely to be the top play than like Lamb with the tight end premium scoring. Like Ertz has a higher target share than Lamb. And he gets one and a half per catch. Yeah. That's a, another one of my thoughts, Pat. If I feel like I'm more on the field getting spooked by Fournette than maybe you guys are. But if that happens, I do think Zeke starts to soak up a little bit more of it just because no one else is separating for the field as like a confidence play on Dallas. Are you you breaking the picket line right now? Are you joining Leone's side? What is Leone's side? No, Leone's saying like the exact opposite. I'm the voice of the field. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm making a case for a, a, a Zeke fade. Yeah. I've, I've, I've started drinking tonight. I, <laughs> I just like in the, so think about like sentiment, right? Like people are stoked on Jamar Chase. I mean, he fucking crushed yeah. down the slate. Like people are not buzzing about CD lamb. 
Like that's just not happening. Like people are indifferent on CD Lamb. He didn't torch people. He didn't win any leagues for people. People are indifferent on him. And I think if push comes to sub and there's un some uncertainty on running back, like Zeke is going to be that guy that gets pushed up a little bit. It's a decent point. I think yeah. you're right. No, I definitely I think can see I, that. I have CD at Drew. 21 and Zeke at 30, and I probably need to yeah. give like Drew. A you're one of my. Swinger. You're one of my favorite. This is like a late point in the show to be bringing this up, but you're one of my favorite people in the industry in terms of analyzing the contest, right? <clears throat> I think you're like so freaking good at this stuff. DFS, we have the ability to uh, limit the things we need to get right by stacking multiple yeah. games. Yeah. Here we can't. We have 12 games or we have 12 lineup spots and we have to play basically every game. And we're talking about this, I think, right now with the Kyler thing, where we can start to see the dominoes fall and correlate, right, across yeah. multiple yeah. games. And you can start to build a bracket. Yeah. Are there other – like, I have had a hard time with this all week. I'm trying to think of other ways that we can start to correlate things across games. Are there things that you that stand so, out to you? So, yeah, what you're getting at there, Ben, was kind of the thing that I was saying with Arizona and that Mike is saying on Dallas, which is just that, like, the idea is when you stack in DFS, the idea is that you're trying to get – multiple things right when you're getting actually one thing right, right right like you're trying to get a pass game to explode and you get the wide receiver and the and the quarterback correlated together and so the way that i'm thinking through this when you guys are talking about it is how do i try to get multiple things right with getting one thing right and in all of these situations if you pick a team to make a run you have to consider who is the most likely player to lead that team in scoring and different things like that as well as getting the run right. And so with these teams where I feel like one player can be dominant and is not going to be utilized heavily by the field for whatever reason that the field is out on that team or whatever, those are interesting spots. Like I, I obviously the bills are going to be heavily played and like Josh Allen is going to be heavily played. So it's, it's not really the same example, but if, if it was, if Josh Allen was played at the level that Arizona and Kyler Murray were played at, I would feel the same way about that situation. Cause it's like, I know where the points are coming from if this team does make the run. And that's my way of saying like, okay, I can get two things right by getting one thing right, which is if this team makes a run, I at least know where the points are coming from. And that's, that's why Kyler stands out to me in that way. And I'm trying to think through what other scenarios are. Like Cincinnati, have, I don't, I don't know. I think the Patriots are kind of that scenario with Damian, with Damian Harris to an extent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel right. good, like, but I think you're right. They are. Leone, but the other comments? thing with the Kyler Dak, the other thing with the Kyler <laughs> Dak thing is just because of Adams with Green Bay and you know the stuff we've talked about with like no one wanting to play Brady anyways. Uh, they, they can easily get there and you know a conference championship loss so you've got outs so again like getting less things right like you don't even need yeah. to get who wins the, the conference championship yeah. game right yeah one thing i saw brought up was um this idea of fading teams on the same side of the bracket as basically as you play your quarterback like if you're playing kyler through and we kind of talk about this you, you end up fading dallas you can play a lot of skill players on the other side, sort of playing those as shootouts and you have multiple outs in the way that side of the bracket can play out. But the side that you're playing the quarterback, you need to play out a certain way. You need Arizona to make a run if you're playing Kyler. Yeah. And so you can fade some of the other potential, you know, Dallas, Dallas can't make a run if Arizona's making a run or, I mean, yeah. they both could, but it's obviously yeah. more narrow. You want Arizona in the Super Bowl, and then you can play the, um, and maybe fade them and play the tight ends from that side. And then, 
And then on the other side, you can play the running backs and receivers that can that could get there in one game, two game, three games, something like that. It gives you multiple outs on half the bracket. I don't. I'm, yeah. That's. I think some of this other stuff that we've talked about. I mean, is who are the players that can get there in situations where their teams don't make a run? Like that was getting back to the question that Pat was asking me that Sean had brought up last night um, with you guys on like the running back position. But I think Mike's brought that up with Josh Allen. I've brought it up with Kyler Murray. Mike's brought up with Dak a little bit too. Like, who are the guys that, if it's not perfect, they can still get there in the fields, maybe underrating how likely they can still be in the winning lineup, even if their team doesn't make a run. And I think like all, almost all the first round underdogs. Yeah. There's guys. One Dallas guy that jumped out to me. Like Dallas Waller. It, Waller. Yeah. He hit Goddard, Waller. Or Jacobs. Najee. Jacobs. Yeah. Like just as a group, they're underplayed. Like, I don't know if I'd go heavy on any single one, but like collectively, like people are just especially get to the seven seeds, get to Pittsburgh and Philly. I mean, for well, sure. I wanted to uh I, I came in the chat earlier and was like, guys, where are we at again on Devontae Smith? Because yeah, he strikes me as a guy who got the high A dot. You don't even need the high volume game, but it's certainly possible to given the the matchup and the pass funnel situation with Tampa Bay. Uh his Target profile is stronger than Goddard's. Goddard's just run really hot on his targets. So uh, it's obviously going to be highly volatile because he's a deep threat. And there could be wind. And he hasn't been efficient this year. So it could just totally burn you. But that's one where it's like, he's going to be probably 2 to 3% rostered, I think. He also runs underneath routes, though. He is a deep threat, but he he operates at all depths. Yeah, he has like, a, that's a dude yeah. that can catch eight eight passes in a game where Goddard catches three. And you get the tight end yeah. premium that's going to push Goddard ahead in projections most most of the time but yeah Devonta can win yeah. in a one game easy the i am curious like those guys like Devonta and kirk i think are pretty easy to play like a little bit over the field i don't know how much i'd want of them it's always hard to figure out where to draw the line on like the third options on a team like you know tyler boyd in a one game set you know, right. Odell in a one-game set. It's a really easy way to get leverage um, if you are picking them to lose, though, right? I mean, yeah, it's it's those, those are like we. I mean, what, weren't people on ship chase talking about Gabe Davis? Like, like that's like that's definitely. But I'd rather just do. I'd rather do Bills D and then go play Deontay, right? Yeah, instead yeah. Of... The thing, the thing that's hard for me in this contest about that like third option is, so you're hoping the team loses and that third option outscores <clears throat> the primary it's the juju options. game. In the first the juju game, game. The juju game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, is what you're hoping for. Yeah, it's just, it, I don't know. It seems super, super unlikely. And like with Boyd, yeah, with Boyd specifically, like talking about him specifically, like do you do you guys know how many four. how many games that he actually like led the team in scoring this year? He did once. We looked it up earlier uh, this week on chip chasing. I think my, it was my guess is one. Team. That would have been yeah. my guess. One. It might have been the only one. To me, the analogy of if you are playing like the Tyler Boyd, the Gabe Davis, the Cedric Wilson, the analogy is playing a non-chalky 3K wide receiver in a GPP, right? Like, is yeah. there a chance it hits? Of course. Of course. Yeah, is it likely? <laughs> no. no. Like, you really need to thread an incredible needle. For and and the other thing that I'd say there, which, like, you know, it gets back to what, what has become my fucking catchphrase in this industry, I guess. But, like, what do you actually win when you win? Like, how much does Boyd outscore these other guys by that, like, you get, like, is Boyd outscoring them by 10? Like, probably not. 
God, this is a great point here because Juju last year was not in the winning lineup. Here, Claypool but... was, and Juju outscored Claypool because he was so well, Claypool low. Claypool was like the same. Pl- I mean, Juju was outscored... a bad play. They outscored Deontay both by like a huge margin. Right, but well, my my my, my, point is, my point is, if Boyd outscores <laughs> Claypool or, or Juju teams, the only teams that could have won, Ben. No one okay, played fine. Juju. That's why I wasn't in the optimal. Or that's why I wasn't in the winner. Point, to, to Drew's point, in the what do you win when you win, you don't win a lot in this contest because you have to correlate. I mean, you were you literally eliminated last year, Ben, if you didn't play Claypool or Juju. Okay, I Those understand. Are the that. Only teams I understand that. that. I'm moving on. You won <laughs> half a million dollars. <laughs> that's what you won. What like do you win when you win is a point that I, I've been making on this one as well, Drew, this week, where somebody was talking about CJ Uzama, which is funny, we're on the same team, but Boyd kind of makes the same point. <laughs> Even if you hit that, you're you're gaining on the field there, but because you can't correlate like DFS, yeah. you still have to get the other 10 spots right. And it's yeah, you still have to get the Super Bowl right. Yeah. And like and like I mean, Uzama's had a game where he's like probably out because he had that one like crazy game with two touchdowns where he's probably outscored his team by like his teammates by 10 does boyd have that in him maybe maybe i don't know Boyd's but... probably more likely to outscore his teammates by 10 than uzoma probably you know, I, I agree i, I, I agree on that but i still think it's like such it. a small percentage of times that that happens i think most of the times that boyd wins that matchup against the other three skill players <laughs> it's by like two three and like you don't you don't actually separate in any way shape or form yeah, I'm I'm more open to it than you guys. I think there's more of, you know, if a chalky bracket plays out, like those three points could actually be like super pivotal. Pivotal. Um, Someone asked, I use pivotal. I use better than Boyd, and I I think yes by like a wide margin. I thought we were gonna get drunk, Leone. You just said pivotable. I think pivotable. I use, uh, I think I use better than Boyd too. I think I use better than Boyd. I, like, I was throwing Boyd I out as like a guy better. I think is like on the line not that i'm i'm not saying we should play boyd but i think like boyd and odell are like where the line is yeah and claypool's on that line yeah it's it kind of comes down to how you feel about the player because claypool's Higgins, right devonta's the third but devonta's like maybe the first like like do you that's the that's the appeal of devonta is like he might be the first yeah yeah Yeah. he has been the first based on the target like Claypool's probably on that line too. Like I think those that's the tough part in our builds right now is how many of those types of guys that we play. I think collectively we all agree that those types of plays are overrated in general, but I don't think they're like useless. Yeah. Right. And it's funny. We had back-to-back comments here. Austin asking in the end, is it more important to get the contrarian individual players correct or just get the teams that are going to win in advance? Correct. And I'm uh, I'm with Alan here saying it's better off predicting the couple of upsets and fading the two yeah. popular teams than finding the thin plays yeah. that snap. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So like a perfect example, we're talking about Tyler Boyd. Like play play Las Vegas to the AFC Championship game yeah, and play Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Like that yeah. that's your your play. Yeah. You know I think the Josh Jacobs is, Josh is totally in play. Like of if course. they make a run, it's probably through. Like they've they've gone recently with two and three tight end sets. It kind of has to be Jacobs. We've said this before this week, but if you want to go to a thin like Cedric Wilson or CG Uzama play, the better way to do that, like in DFS, it makes sense because there's salary constraints and like it doesn't always make sense, but it it can. Yeah. The better way to do that in this contest is play a team 
that is being heavily faded and play a good player. Play Devonta Smith from Philly. He's actually good at football. Play Deontay Johnson. Play, you know, somebody yeah. they're gonna be so heavily faded. You're making the sort of the same percentage bet, but you're actually getting to play a good football player, and it, it, it's better fit for this contest for sure. It, it is a little different, but we have had people win like million dollar two game slates because they played, you know, Byron Pringle over Tyreek Hill, you know. Yeah. So I, I, I think like 90% of the time you guys are right. But I think like 10% of your lineups like should be carved out for like some of these guys. That's well, why also, we're letting you play Zeke in 10%. That's yeah. why we're doing that. Yeah, that's your 1% play. <laughs> the really big there, difference between this contest and like talking about it in comparison with DFS, and you can you can do the 1v1 comparisons when you're talking about players that you're expecting to lose and be out in one game, but it's the compounding interest of multiple games that allows the good players a better chance at separating from the fluke game, right? Yeah. So like that's why that you're line talking is about like than, off the board on some of these options, you need it. I, I think you need it to be one and done because if yeah. not, um, they're more likely to get covered by one of their teammates the more games that they play. Like it's just it's the the natural rule of of, of you know the law of large numbers. The more the yeah more we've been seeing them get. out. I mean we've we've definitely seen it. And that's why I think if you make the pivot and you go it's not just that like if you pivot to smith or jacobs that that guy has like a better chance than tyler boyd let's say of being the highest scoring guy but then if you get that team advancing you're not like oh no i'm dead you're like oh right. sweet i've got right. i've got the best guy on this team right yeah exactly um all right it is time to build a lineup as I've been doing on the show for each of our five shows this week I've registered a team into the football guys uh, $35 entry. We are going to build a team. We are going to start with our honored guest in a true sweetie pie, Drew Dinkmeyer. <laughs> Who do you want in this lineup? Come on, sweetie. Come on, sweetie. Oh my God. Um, gosh. All right. I mean, I, I mean, could there have been a worse time? I got. Could there have been a worse DM for him to release to to Twitter than that one? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh yes, 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 there are. are. Yes, there, there are. Are you serious? That's yes. probably nowhere near the worst. Yeah, no, there clearly are way worse, but like ones that would continue our friendship existing. Like it's, it's it was at the line. Like we we move forward. <laughs> oh, I I didn't think that was remotely bad. Long. <laughs> <laughs> what are these DMs? <laughs> Um, let's start with Kyler. Let's do it. Oh, oh, we're doing a Kyler team. It's all wow. The dominoes are gonna fall in place here. I love it. We going down? Um, yes, we will go. Uh, let's go to Leone, our second featured guest. Okay, I'll go Matt Gay. Holy shit! That's how you use your pick. I'm, I'm picking up my bro drew here okay i mean you can still play cup in this lineup it's already like very leveraged the thing that's so disturbing is how quickly he said it it was unbelievable it was like the the computer to his left just spit out matt gay we've spent plenty of time talking about people are overrating this rams team and and they gotta lose Fucking socialist just, Matt Gay. Just snap picks Matt Gay. I didn't even know he's in this contest. 
You guys are just lucky I didn't take Zeke. <laughs> is that why you, you had to type his name in? <laughs> yeah, everyone is. I mean, Gretch, yeah, the bit on this is. show this week is Gretch puts Cooper Cup in the lineup. Oh, and Leone just the lock? Him up. Um, all right, let's go to uh let's go to Gretch. Oh, he's gonna take ten times longer than me. No, I'm already ready. And I'm gonna do exactly what Leone did. And I'm gonna take Dallas's defense. Because when you put in <laughs> Kyler, go. you lock in the San Fran win, you lock in the Dallas defense. Let's do it. I was gonna put in Dallas D if it came to me. <laughs> We're united. We got the guarantee set up. We are lined up. All right, Pat, who are you picking? All right. Well, we've got uh I mean we, we probably need Tyree Kill in the sauna. Okay. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Um just just I'm, play all the, all the I'm games. gonna let you bros figure out the NFC mess that you have created. <laughs> 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 and I'll put I'll put digs in our lineup like we do every goddamn week. That's actually a great pick. Every lineup all week. Doesn't matter. I mean I, we need to snake it, Pete. Pete, a second pick. Wow, you want to snake it? Who yeah. wants the leverage pick at the end? Do you I, do. To... <laughs> I do. All right. Um, I'll I'll just burn our. I mean, if we have Kyle, we can we can eat some Derrick Henry chalk here. Um. So then, who's it? Back to Pat. Pat. Yeah. I know who I want. <clears throat> I'm ready. Rock right. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm going to go Kittle. Okay. I was going to clean up that, my Dallas mess with uh, Debo, but. That was the right call, Pat. That, that was the move. <laughs> <laughs> That's who I was going to take. Um, Who are we to? Gretch now? Yeah. I was going Debo, so now I have to think. I have to. No Cooper. No, no Debo. We'll go T. Higgins. T. Higgins. Ooh. All right, now to Leone. You got sniped. You can see it. Who did you want, Leone? No, I want. I was going to do Kittle, and then I'm. I'm just trying to decide on this Tampa Bay situation. You... What we want? Let's do. Let's do Josh Jacobs. Okay, I like, I like that. I like that a lot. All right, Dink. Double tap. Power move. Oh man. You got okay. you got to make the Tampa Bay decision for us. Tampa Bay, Philly, and oh yeah, yeah. Tampa Bay, Philly, Pittsburgh. Casey's in there though. We have and, that game. Uh, the Patriots. Oh, Patriots. Yeah. Uh, we have the oh, Bills in New England here. Yeah, we're this gonna. Is, this this is a New England fade, right? Yeah. 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 <clears throat> the the rare light up build where the tight end and play. We don't have we don't have a Green Bay. Up. That's that's a wild card. Green Bay. We so, already have faded cup. So you you know, I mean as, yeah, I think I think we, leading I think the witness as no, no, as no. the notorious I think, I think uh, is so scared of any I think we want Devontae on this build. Yes, okay. I think we want yes, Devontae on this build. We started the chuck wide receivers in there. We started yeah, the want... show with Ben applauding Dink for suggesting a cup and add and look how but, scared Ben just was. In in Ben's defense, in Ben's defense. <laughs> Frank with the comment of the night. 
<laughs> Frank, for those listening to the audio version, Frank says Matt Gay, period. Alpha oh, play. my God. That That's is amazing. Alpha play. We only do it. You got to do All it. Right. Um, is so Dave familiar with what the Alpha talked play about, is? We talked about how. He watches any of our stuff. We talked about how. <laughs> Dink's not a fan. You might have seen it on Twitter. We we talked about how um, we kind of want Tampa Bay to lose in this scenario, right? So I think if we want them playing from behind, I think we want my boy Mike Wait, Evans. No, no, we already set up the San Fran's losing. We already set up the Dallas loss. Okay, so that would be Arizona playing. Well, Mike Tampa makes sense though because Tampa... lose too, then Arizona gets a home game in the second round. I mean, you could really push yeah. You, it. I mean, you could play Tampa to lose, but all right. You I'm thinking you could Evans. just play both sides of that game. Yeah. You could just play Mike Evans. You just want an excuse to play Mike Evans. You were yeah, leading he into just Mike Evans. To, like, you just don't play Mike he, was, Evans. <laughs> he had the player, and he was trying to back in the line yeah, as good as possible. And once it went out the window, I was like, well, well let's just play him anyways. <laughs> I, I right, love this... the idea of playing uh, in okay. Eagle here because then you get that extra out because we already have San Francisco winning. That's great, Pat, so you... but it's not your fucking pick. Who is it? Philly? <laughs> Pittsburgh? <laughs> <laughs> Whose pick is it? It's Leone's because of, of the snake draft. <laughs> I'm God damn it. Man, I'm trying to I'm gonna keep Pat happy because we got 40 fucking five lineups to build. <laughs> oh, New England. So, so I'm gonna go with Dallas Goddard. Alright. Let's do it. Where's my Goddard? Why why can't I spell him anymore? I <clears throat> Why can't, why, 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 why wasn't that showing up? Yeah, we're going to have a good time entering our lineup. Making them is going to be the hard part. <laughs> All right, I, to recap. I think you're underestimated how long it's going to take us to actually put them in after we make them. All right, so that's tomorrow. That's tomorrow work. That's tomorrow, Pat's problem. I want to be very clear tomorrow. on the play that I recommended that you guys all not wave. I, I feel like it's Mike Evans. I feel like based on Leone's conversation, based on Pat leaning towards Mike Evans' state, I feel like Mike Evans is this year's Gronk. Listen, you know, think. No, I know you're not that familiar with the FFPC. It's year. tight end premium. People forget yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like <laughs> on a reluctant Mike Evans fade. I'm just trying to set Dick up yeah. for another massive yeah. win. Okay. <laughs> after, after he touted Gronk last year, we laughed him off. Now we have to go. You got <laughs> So to recap, the lineup we built, quarterback Kyler Murray, Josh Jacobs, Derek Henry at running back, wide receivers Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs, Mike Evans, Devontae Adams, T. Higgins, tight ends Dallas Goddard, George Kittle, Alpha Play, Matt Gay at Place Kicker, Leone, Dallas what, defense. What was Matt Gay? What do you mean? Was he? <laughs> what do you think Matt Gay was in terms of a, a pick? put him put him oh, big screen oh, oh, put him oh, big oh. screen put him big screen? Someone has a Micah bedtime in the the chat. And it's like really throwing me off that their names. Are you Pete's trying to go full screen to me? Pete's drunk on What's the, on the on? ones and twos. I I got. Oh my god! <laughs> All right. Dink started with Kyler Murray, which alpha play. Just gonna be scrambling all over the field, running left and right, running through 
the NFC wild. We got to get them set up and we got to beat the Rams to do it. So, you know what? Cooper cup, biggest beta play out there for all you losers afraid to fade a 90 percenter with half a mil up top. So we come in with Matt Gay. Alpha play. <laughs> Standing ovation.